Now, three commitments in one day was quite the precedent set for Penn State. That's going to be hard to match, but don't be shocked if Penn State has similar success coming out of this slate of official visits. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show, and I am joined once again by Rivals recruiting analyst for Penn State Rivals, and that is Dylan Callaghan Crowley. Dylan, it's great to have you back. Official visits, of course. We talked about it, previewed it the first time. Now, those official visits have turned into three commitments, uh, not one, not two, but three all in one day. And then the hope is June 9th could turn something into that. But that's a hard precedent to follow, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Penn State has set themselves up really well for the – sorry, Penn State did themselves really well the June 2nd weekend and set yeah. themselves a really high bar coming into the second weekend of the month. Uh, but this visitors list is uh, one hell of a visitors list. It, and that that's where they may stumble into, you know, trying to follow it up is that – I just don't know how many of these guys are ready maybe to commit if all goes well this week. And I think they're going to have to wait on some of these guys, even if everything goes well. But, yeah, definitely set themselves a high bar coming out of last weekend. But uh, definitely should be a fun weekend in Happy Valley uh, this week. Yeah, so we're talking that. We're also going to see whose commitments are on the horizon. And what's interesting about this June 9th group is that a lot of them are already committed. So Penn State's already done a good amount of the work. Of course, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter promo code college, easy enough, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That is birddogs.com slash locked on college. And of course, Locked on Nittany Lions is your go to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for all of the latest Penn State football recruiting, Penn State football news in general. Of course, James Franklin just got done with the presser, media availability, uh, official visits are underway, of course. And then the big 10 dropping the big schedule release. Dylan, you and I have a lot to cover in such a short amount of time but let's see how we can jam pack it all together but this is the official official visits preview episode for june 9th so let's start there get to those commitments and then just try to unpack what we can from that big 10 big big schedule release here with usc and ucla in the fold but june 9th is interesting because all these players are already committed i think if you look at the list officially there's about what six players that actually aren't officially committed anywhere. Uh, Penn State, of course, uh, is on their radar or else they wouldn't be visiting. But this seems, I've already framed it this way, I think with yourself, with, with Richie, that this feels like it's a coordinated effort to get some of the guys that are higher up their recruiting board at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's what we mentioned last week is that Penn State this weekend uh, you know, got got is getting most of their commitments on uh, on campus, and I'm sure sure in the upcoming weeks they'll have some commitments to our local come back again uh, on unofficial visits to help with recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week, yeah, there you look at who they have in terms of uncommitted prospects on campus: Nicholas Marsh, Caleb Odom, uh, Nigel Smith, Malachi Williams, Jamonte Waller, 
Babu Torre. Um, those are some of their biggest targets of the cycle. And yeah. have your commits on campus this weekend. It allows for strong peer recruiting to happen. The leaders of this class, Quinn and Martin, Corey Smith, Donovan, Donovan Harbor. I mean, Donovan Harbor, uh, for those who follow him on Twitter, is always, always retweeting anything Penn State recruiting related. Yeah. He is one of Penn State's biggest peer recruiters. This show. Uh, He's talked about this yeah, show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kenny Kenny Wosley, Anthony Specka. No. I, I mean, they just have so many strong peer recruiters in this class, and to get them all on campus this weekend uh, and really get them in front of these uncommitted guys uh, is is going to be quite big for Penn State. Because, I mean, if you look at it, uh, kind of how, you know, in, in school you talk teacher-to-student ratio. For okay. Penn State here, you can look at commitment to uncommitment, uncommitted ratio, and it almost has to be 2-1, 3-1 for how this is lining up, right? So, I mean, for Penn State, you got to like the chances uh, of ha- – or like the opportunity to have, uh, you know, uh, two or three of your commitments talking to a guy throughout the weekend plus uh, the coaching staff. It's it shaping up to be a strong official visit weekend for Penn State. They always hit these official visits out of, you know, out of the park. There's no question that that's going to happen again. It's just about a will of a result and commitment at this point. Yeah, that, that's the most important part of this is that all these guys who are verbally committed to Penn State at this point in time, they are the biggest recruiters for other recruits. James Franklin has said that. I'm sure other Penn State members of the staff have said that. They've acknowledged that when it comes to recruiting, there is no better recruiter than a potential teammate. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, peer recruiting is uh, our, I, I would say the, one of the top three most important things when it comes to, uh, you know, recruiting college football. Uh, coaching staff recruit, you know, what the coaching staff can do on the recruiting trail is obviously the most important. What you do on the field is pretty important too, but the on the field aspect of things really doesn't impact recruiting to the level that people think it does. Sure, if you are struggling year in and year out, that's going to have an effect. But if Penn State would randomly have a poor season like they have had, you know, 2020, 2021, yeah. it's not going to overly affect them. Uh, now, if that would go on for four or five years, sure. Yeah. Um, but peer recruiting, it, like you said, having the chance to be recru- recruited by your future teammates, how that, how those relationships are built, how you see yourself fitting into the atmosphere uh, of these programs, whether it's your teammates, coaching staff, both, uh, is really important. And plus, we we haven't t- really talked about it, is these kids are, you know, they have a host on each official visit. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, also really important because uh, it's somebody who is on the pro- in the program right now, has an idea of the ins and outs of the program, what it's like. And that's also pretty, uh, pretty massive in these recruitments as well. Uh, often when these official visits go really well, you hear about the players talking about, how they loved their host throughout the visit and that experience the host gave them. Now, I know you already listed off some of the guys that are all of the guys that are uncommitted. Penn state's got some stiff competition when it comes to who they're recruiting against, right? Uh, let's take a, a Caleb Odom, for example, who's a top tight end uh, in this group. Now I know they already have Luke Reynolds, but we've seen time and time again, that Penn state likes to take two types of tight ends. They like to get that tradi- more of that diverse skill set of, 
a Theo Johnson to Tyler Warren, right? You have Tyler Warren, who's more of the blocking tight end, who can go out and cast, catch a pass, but he's your anchor on that one side of the offensive line. And then Theo Johnson's somebody that can stretch the field. You have Luke Reynolds, who fits more of that Tyler Warren role, and then Caleb Oden here. But with Odom, he's, you know, being recruited by Alabama, Ole Miss, the SEC. Penn State, you know, getting into the fold here. Let's take Jamonte Waller as well. He's from the state of Mississippi. I think this is something that uh, was pointed out by another guest on this show. But the fact that Penn State's even able to get the attention from the top recruit in the state of Mississippi is pretty impressive by James Franklin and staff. So there's a lot of prospects here. Nick Marsh is someone that you mentioned. This is probably their top receiver when it comes to who they're trying to get. Of course, I, I know Jeremiah Smith's out there, uh, and he's still taking his uh, visits. He's doing going through his due diligence. But Nick Marsh is probably their most coordinated recruiting effort in terms of wide receiver because they believe that they have a realistic chance decommitted from Michigan State. And it seems like all of the arrows are pointing that he's going to come to Penn State. So – who is the biggest priority out of this small group of uncommitted players that Penn State is going to try to land that verbal commit from, Dylan? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Looking at this list, I, I mean, obviously, um, Nick, Nicholas Marsh is one of those guys. Yeah. If Marsh lands uh, with Penn State, uh, I think you have an argument that he's the best wide receiver that James Franklin has ever recruited. I know Justin Shorter was considered a five-star by uh, uh, by people in the industry. And, and Shorter was a really good prospect coming out of yeah, high school. But I, think, but I think Marsh is maybe a little bit more of a complete prospect coming out of high school, plays in a little bit better of an offense that gives you an idea of what he's going to be at the next level. Shorter, I believe, came from a option-based offense in high school, which kind of hindered his development early on. And right. he finally did catch, catch on at the college level. Uh, the last few years at Florida, but it definitely took him a, a little longer uh, while Marsh is somebody I think could maybe have a faster impact. Um, beyond that, I, I think Jamonte Waller is the biggest guy, biggest recruit on campus this weekend. Uh, he has that chance to be that really, you know, dominating uh, game changer. Off Number 11. Yep. yep. Yeah. Micah Parsons is somebody that has been, amongst his favorite players for a while i've been told um and and is and that's what penn state's selling him on penn state's selling him on coming to penn state playing off the ball being that edge rusher that yeah. guy who can do a little bit of everything and be a star on the defense uh while maybe not micah parsons but maybe abdul carter i mean penn state has two perfect examples right there uh and that's yeah. uh, that's the goal they have for waller and that's really standing out to Waller right now. And I think they do have a really good chance of landing him. Of wow. course, any, anytime you have a kid coming out of the South, it's always going to be, you know, a full recruitment until he signs on the dotted line. And if he would commit to Penn State, I would expect them to have, an, you know, to recruit him until the very end. But uh, this is a recruitment that Penn State has set themselves up very well coming to this weekend. I don't expect a commitment if all goes well coming out of this weekend, but uh, it is something that I think uh, is very much a realistic opportunity for Penn State here in the next few weeks uh, with Waller is potentially picking up a commitment at some point because uh, if they're not in the lead for him, I think they're top two, top three 
Uh, and like I said, they always hit these official visits out of the park. Uh, there's no doubt they're going to do that this weekend. Uh, it just, uh, you know, it, while while you may hit them out of the park, they don't always end the way you want them to. Uh, and uh, it, that's the only thing I question with Waller at this point is, is he going to be at any line or not? And I know that's kind of, you know, an obvious type question, but uh, I, I think Penn State's only going to help themselves this week. Dylan, let's keep this conversation going in just a second. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs pants and shorts are great for three reasons. First, it's the fit. You will look better, and you will definitely feel better wearing Bird Dogs. The second reason is comfort. goes right along with it. Their stretchy fabric will make your legs look great, and they're comfier than all of your other pants and shorts. And then the final reason is versatility. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts, one pair of pants on the golf course, to a meeting, on a date, hanging out with friends, you name it. I've never had a pair of bird dogs myself, so I thought I'd go get a pair of their shorts, and I've got to say, they live up to the billing. I can attest to that. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE with your order, and you'll get a free Yeti-style bird dogs tumbler with that order. So go to birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And again, thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Happy Valley Insider is your destination for all the latest when it comes to Penn State recruiting and so much more. That's why we brought Dylan on over here to talk about just that. Now, you've mentioned where they kind of stand with guys like, of course, Shimonte Waller, Nick Marsh. Who else is close to committing, Dylan? Is there somebody that is going to be committing maybe in the next 48 hours, 72? Uh, depending on when you listen to this episode, it might be a little different time frame. But I guess at this point, Thursday, June 8th, right? Yep. Do we see anybody inside of that window? Or is it not going to be until the end of June, maybe even July, where Penn State uh, is either going to land a commitment or know about one that they were targeting? Sure. Um you know, will they land any of the guys I'm about to say in before, let's say, next Monday or Tuesday? I'm not 100% sure, but guys that I would put on commitment watch, per se, mm -hmm. coming in this weekend would be uh, defensive end Malachi Williams, yep. safety Vabu Torre, and um, th I think those are the top two. You could maybe throw cornerback Jameer Grimsley into that mix, but – um, with an Alabama official visit set for next weekend, I really don't see that happening. Okay, but uh, you know, Penn State's going to have John Mitchell and Antoine Belgrave shorter two Florida natives on campus with Grimsley at the same time, so that is something that does stand out. But uh, I would definitely say the two I'm watching are Malachi Williams and Vibu Torre, uh, in terms of commitments potentially this weekend. And Torres, another safety. I know they just got to one lane. Lane's path is a little bit, Lane's lane, if you will, is a little bit different because he could still play safety at the next level. But it sounds like he's going to project at linebacker as, I, I guess, that Curtis Jacobs 
2.0, right? That guy in the waiting yeah. because he has that coverage ability. Now you bring him down in the box because he has such great size and speed. So Torre is more of your traditional safety that they're going to try to develop into a Jaquan Brisker type or an over-the-top. Jair J- J- Brown and Brisker could do both. They could play center field. They could come down to the box. They were your all-encompassing safety, and that's what Coach Poindexter and Terry Smith uh, ha- have done so well to this point. But Dylan, let's go back to the weekend of June 2nd because – Yes, Penn State landed not one, not two, but three commits on one day for Sunday, June 4th. But there were still a lot of guys that left with the impression that they weren't too far behind to commit. The first guy that comes to mind is Jalen Harvey. He's that edge defender, defensive end, outside linebacker. We don't know yet, but he's listed as an edge defender. And from what I heard, he's canceled his other official visits. So his commitment date is actually set for the 23rd. Is Penn State? He did this after visiting Happy Valley. So does that mean Harvey is a shoe in to commit to the Nittany Lions? Um, yeah. So Harvey is a little interesting. Uh, you mentioned that twenty third commitment date. Uh, that does seem to be the commitment date that he has set. He uh, he did post on Twitter briefly the other the other a couple of days ago about that uh, on the twenty third. Then quickly deleted it. Uh, so we'll oh, see. If that does okay. remain. That, does remain. I'm personally still going off the assumption that that is when we're looking at a commitment potentially out of Harvey. Now, will he uh, take official visits? He he told uh, well, we, we he didn't tell us, but we were told by sources familiar with the recruitment yep. that he did cancel his other official visits. However, he then told Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Adam Friedman that he would be taking other official visits. So the question is, which one is actually going to happen? Yeah. And we, I, I don't think we'll know until he, uh, I think USC was next up on his official visit list. So we'll see if he shows up in uh, South, uh, Southern California this weekend. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, it's a pretty good sign for Penn State. Even if he does, I don't think Penn State really has anything to be worried about here. Uh, I think they have this one pretty much locked up. Uh, it's, uh, I think, just a formality at this point. And then I'm glad we brought up defensive line as far as, again, Harvey could end up on the defensive line. We don't know for sure, but he's just a dynamic type of defender that Penn State, again, will benefit with him being in the class of 2024. Uh, Malachi Williams, you brought up. Now that's in the June 9th. But I, I look at someone like David Polly Polly because when we last spoke, you said that he was someone who, sure. if he took the Michigan official visit, he would have been a commit for Penn State or he would have been a commit for the Wolverines. Yeah. Where do you think Penn State stands with Polly Polly? Uh, I, I think they definitely help themselves. Uh, the question is how much ground did they make up? I, I still think Michigan is the leader coming in, coming into this weekend. And if he commits to Michigan once he makes that visit, I would not be shocked. But I, I think Penn State may have done enough to delay his decision a little bit here. Okay. I think he also wants to take some official visits elsewhere. He is a kid from Alaska. Uh, Washington, USC were two schools that he was really happy to get offers from earlier in the cycle, so potentially tries to take official visits there. Uh, if he wants to take those official visits, he obviously is probably going to wait. Um, I do think Michigan's going to push for that commitment uh, on this upcoming official visit here. Um, so I do think they helped, but I still think there's more ground to be made up here. 
Uh, but if you're Penn State, all you can hope for at that at this point, I think coming in the last week, all you could have hoped for was to do enough to delay a decision. And then you just continue to try and chip away. And perhaps you eventually get to the spot where you can land a commitment. And then over the course of June 2nd through the 4th, there were plenty of other wide receivers. I know the focus is on Nick Marsh getting someone who is going to be a difference maker at that position. But I like Jalen Hornsby a lot as a prospect. Of course, they did bring on some other wide receiver recruits, uh, one of which was actually committed to Miami. Uh, that is Chance Robinson. But I... Hornsby made a significant impression on me. I'll tell you somebody who did make a significant impression on Penn State, who's flying under the radar once again. How many times have we said this, Dylan? And that is Peter Gonzalez, who participated in the camp on, on June 4th. So where where is Penn State's focus when it comes to other wide receiver recruits? Yeah, uh, Peter Gonzalez, I think, has definitely jumped the board after a really strong uh, camp uh, last Sunday. Uh, I will say that I think with Gonzalez, it may be a, and this is this is an assumption right now. There's mm-hmm. no deep intel in here, so uh, don't don't read into what I'm saying here too much. But I think it may be end up being and one or the other type thing with Gonzalez and Hornsby. They're kind of very very similar prospects, and then you look around. Penn State also has you know uh, is trending well for Dre Hawkins. We mentioned Nicholas Marsh. We'll see what they can do with Chance Robinson. They did a great job with that official visit, but I'm still not sure that they did enough to maybe eventually flip him. Um, Though I I think there is a higher chance he eventually does not end up at Miami. Uh, I think where he ends up, that remains to be seen, but uh, that commitment in Miami seems to be a little shaky at this point. Um, But... Uh, I, I think you you look beyond Nicholas Marsh. You look at a, a Nick. Mar- I'm sorry, a Hornsby mm-hmm. Gonzalez. Uh, with Gonzalez coming up on an official visit next weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if he commits on that visit. But Virginia Tech has been recruiting him very hard for a long time, and I think he uh, may feel strongly enough about Virginia Tech to at least give them that opportunity. I had an official visit following that, so we'll see what happens there. But um, Dre Hawkins is another, and then uh, I think those are the big ones to look at right now. Yeah, I'd like to see Penn State take three wide receivers if they can. I know Ohio State, the news came out that they're trying to look at four, getting uh, commitments from four wide receivers. It, if you want to have that same type of presence that Ohio State does, I know they have Brian Hartline. Uh, I'm not going to – I don't need to get into all of that. But uh, Penn State, the way they are countering that is through cornerback, but it would be nice to get some more wide receivers too. I, and I, I forgot one. Uh, New York uh, three-star wide receiver Josiah Brown is another guy. Mm-hmm. Penn State's really been targeting. Uh, and uh, he's coming off a strong official visit to Rutgers. Uh, I know uh, our Rutgers uh, sister side uh, knows uh, or felt that the Scarlet Knights had a pretty good chance at him coming out of that official visit. Um, but th- that's one of those things where uh, I think if Penn State wants him, I just have a hard time seeing Rutgers beating out Penn State for a recruit that Penn State wants. It it, it, ha- it happens. It happens, of course. Teams do that uh, sometimes. But um, I, I just think if that official visit goes well and Penn State really wants Brown to be a part of that class, they'll find a way for Brown to be a part of that class too. 
Dylan, I totally get what you're saying. It's just hard to picture little little brother it, Rutgers beating it, Penn State exactly. up for a prospect. That is, exactly. I, I'm talking, man. That's like when's when's the sun explode, Dylan? I I, I agree. It's one of those things that uh, you would really have, you know, you you you'd uh, go and rinse your face off with water and make sure that you weren't uh, sleeping still or you're fully awake because uh, it, it would definitely be a little uh, surprising if Rutgers ever did that. Um, yeah. we'll see. I, Rutgers, I think, does have a legitimate chance with Brown, but yeah, uh, it's one of those things you give Penn State the benefit of the doubt on that one. And then in Penn State's case, they might end up flipping over to Georgia, so you never, you, yeah, you know, that, anytime jokingly, anytime a Penn State, you know, gets a and Tom Prospect commits to Penn State at this point, you have to uh, assume Georgia's going to be offering within five minutes afterwards. <laughs> Happy Valley Insider is your place to go for all things in the latest in Penn State athletics, of course. Recruiting is the priority right now, but visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything that Penn State Rivals puts out. Uh, Dylan, in this final segment, I think we've covered quite a bit when it comes to the official visits for June 9th and just what's pending as far because the official visits are great, but none of it matters unless they actually commit. So I, yeah. I think we did a good job there. But now this is this is pressing because – this has been released Thursday, June 8th, at the time of the recording of this podcast. The Big Ten has dropped its 2024-2025 schedule, and Penn State, at first, there were the protect. So every, every school has a protected rival, at least three of them. They have a priority, and then they have second and third. Penn State's protected rivals were Michigan State, which, okay, that's fair. The land-grant trophy is the best of them all. I totally get that. Maryland, Rutgers. Okay, I I think that Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. I think they're kind of in a bit of a love triangle <laughs> when it comes yeah. to. I, I know Ohio State and Michigan. Don't get me wrong. I respect I respect the college football rivalries, but Penn State looks at Ohio State more importantly than they do Rutgers. Forget the one and zero mentality. It's it's not rocket science here. Uh, same thing with Maryland. Maryland, they they did the no handshake, and then it's all been downhill from there. Uh, but the Big Ten drops the schedule, and the biggest part of it, from Penn State's perspective, is they get USC in 2024. Aside from who they nominated, as, you know, protected as rivals, but that's the big one. First time since 1994, Penn State is going to host USC. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the one that really pops up uh, out when you look at the schedule. And um, not only does Penn State host USC in 2024, they travel to USC in 2025. Yeah. while hosting UCLA in 2025. So uh, Penn State fans are going to get a real uh, close look at the two, the Big Ten's two newest uh, programs really uh, quickly in this, uh, you know, new conference. And uh, I think, you know, on the field, that's exciting for anybody, uh, fans, writers. I mean, uh, as writers, we want to cover, you know, the biggest games and, we get to cover Penn state, which already gives us the opportunity to do so. But uh, to, to, to the idea of potentially watching Penn state versus USC at Beaver stadium uh, in Happy Valley, potentially a whiteout. I mean, that's, that is uh, insane to think about. Um, yeah. it, it's exciting for, I think college football fans, big 10 fans, Penn state fans, USC fans, you, you can say what you want about expansion, whether or not it's good for college football, and I think both arguments have, you know, a yeah. legitimate argument. But uh, it is exciting at the end of the day, the idea of Penn State and USC matching up 
back-to-back years and uh, going to be, you know, quite common opponents over the next uh, however long this lasts. Uh, of course, and you may, you know, go on uh, to say this, but uh, something that I also noticed here, Penn State's the only Big Ten school not to have a true protected opponent. Yeah. So that is so <laughs> – I think I'll give I'll give credit where it's due because Sean Fitz is, is just great in general when it comes to college football coverage and covers Penn State very well. He said, so you could say that Penn State is unrivaled <laughs> in that case. But if you do that have the list, one. if you do. Yeah, I know. If you do have the list three, uh, the three of them are Michigan State is the most protected quote, even though they don't. It's not a true protection. I'm glad you made that yeah. distinction, Dylan. But the three that Penn State does have some protection on Michigan State maryland rutgers in that order that's just the number one's not i would put them at third i would put ohio state michigan michigan state but that's that's a tough schedule because ben don't look let's look at the 2024 schedule real quick sure these are the opponents these are the home games for penn state in 2024 michigan state that protected rival nebraska northwestern ohio state usc that is that is quite the schedule but somebody's mission missing Michigan is not on this list because the away games, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin. And I like that they play nine. The whole point of this conference expansion is to get away from playing the cupcake teams, Delaware, Villanova. You want to play more in-conference games. So forget what the SEC is doing. The Big Ten is doing it right. Eventually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to 10 at some point in time and you have two non-conference opponents but that's a different debate and then in 2025 at home illinois minnesota Rutgers, ucla seems pretty pretty fair for penn state away iowa maryland michigan michigan state usc that that is tough uh out of both groups dylan or out of the four i guess the 24 home away and then 2025 home away which grouping of those four do you think is the toughest for penn state right now I, looking at the 2024 and 2025 schedules, um, and I, I may have, uh, I may not answered question directly here. I, I honestly blanked for a second there, but um, looking at these schedules, I think one the tougher schedule for Penn State right now is probably that 2025 schedule, just because that's a brutal away on the uh, road. Yeah, no, yeah. that that grouping itself. Yeah, yeah, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, USC. That is brutal. Um, so uh, th- that's my initial thought on that. And then, uh, the 2024 schedule though, for Penn state, uh, you know, it, it is quite favorable. Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin on the road are all winnable games. Right. Uh, Wisconsin, the toughest of those four. And then home, you get your, are three of your four toughest opponents that year in Ohio state, USC. And then, uh, assuming Michigan state could maybe, you know, reclaim some of their success here over the next year or two. Uh, I, I like how 2024 pans out for Penn State, which, you know, we've been talking about 2023 and 2024 being the key years for Penn State uh, with Drew and what Penn State has on the roster, as these are the years for Penn State to go out, make a run of the cultural playoffs, make a run of the national championship. 20, the 2024 Big Ten schedule really plays well for Penn State in that aspect, too. Then it's decision time, really. We know that Michigan State's going to be the last game of the season for Penn State in 2024. But Ohio State, USC, depending on where those games are located, if they're at the front end of that Big Ten schedule, let's say they're early or ones in late September, ones in early October, 
you know, that's going to be a tough choice for Pat Kraft, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. But yes, the Big Ten schedule uh, has been released. There is that protected class of opponents for each school. Again, Penn State having the least protection when it comes to their quote unquote rivals because they're unrivaled. But yep. it is it is out in the open. It's come out into the daylight. Uh, Dylan, I'm glad we got the chance to talk about it. All of this, including, of course, your specialty recruiting, but just in general, Penn State football as a whole. Where can people keep up with what you do so that others can follow along to see all of this and more? Yeah, and before I do that, I just want to quickly mention that with uh, with adding USC UCLA, uh, we we've seen Penn State go into California recently, have success, yeah. and I think adding USC UCLA is only going to add to that. It gives Penn State a you know the selling point of, hey, come come to Penn State, you can still come home and play football in Southern California uh, once or twice in your career, and. USC and UCLA are going to come out and play us too uh, yeah. in Happy Valley. So that's a big selling point for James Franklin and the team. Uh, and it, it's just going to give them a bigger foothold down in California or out west in California. And in Southern California, I think it's going to be beneficial for them. Their national reach has been really growing the last few years. And if they can start dipping into California routinely, uh, this program has a chance to go to a, an even higher level, in my opinion. Um but uh, where people can keep up with me on Twitter at Rivals Dylan CC, as well as over at PennState.Rivals.com at Happy Valley Insider. Dylan, thanks for the time as always. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to do this again soon. Thanks for having me, Zach.